with a good hand clap of praise to Jesus. Oh, praise him again because he's worthy. Not because of what he's going to do, but because of what he's already done. Hallelujah. The Bible said praise him according to his excellent greatness. And great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Ever since I got here, my heart just knitted with uh, Brother Gibney. And uh, I've asked him to come and sit in this chair right here while I preach. I don't know if it's just the same bird. Brother Gibney, come on. I'm going to touch and agree with him from time to time. I don't know if it's because uh, I'm black and he's Italian. <laughs> and we're both minorities in this thing. I, I don't know if that's it or not. All right. But I do know that uh, I like what I feel in his spirit. I know that our burdens are similar. Any man that goes to New York to build a church knows that he's going to have people from every tongue, every nation, and every kindred. And if you don't love people, ain't no sense in going to New York. Amen. Hallelujah. If you don't love souls, you know, sometimes we get so carried away with the outside that we don't realize that folk have souls. Somebody told me recently, they said, well, I don't believe a homosexual can be saved. I said, well, you're telling me the blood of Jesus can't do everything. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you've got to start putting stipulations on the blood of Jesus, you've already weakened it, friend. There's nothing too hard for God. Amen. The Bible said the wicked, the homosexuality is wickedness. He said if the wicked will turn from his wicked way and seek my face, hallelujah, hallelujah, God will save that man. Oh, we can't pick and choose who God's going to save. Brother Bass has played an important part in, in uh, my ministry. God gave me a second chance when I met Brother Bass and his family and uh, we met at a, at a little meeting and I was preaching and God just kind of knitted us together and we care about one another. We don't always get to see one another, but the Bible said a friend loveth at all times. And that don't mean you're going to be with one another all the time. It just means when you're a friend, you're going to love one another at all the time and you know that you can count on them. As a young evangelist, I've been out on the road for about two months and I stumbled into an affirmation meeting. I went there with a preacher friend of mine. I went there to meet uh, Brother Paul Jordan. And this meeting happened to be in Shelbyville, Indiana. And you know, in affirmation meetings, uh, I know they're necessary. Those are the times we can get together and vent about all the things we don't like and iron sharpening iron and we can be tough. And probably had I met these men on different circumstances, it might have been totally different. But I walked in there, a young man that was not uh, 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 fourth generation Pentecost, didn't know anything about what they were saying. And it was some of the meanest preaching that I had ever heard. One man jumped up and said, preach love. And the other one said, I love to preach, and that's all the love you get in the night. <laughs> I thought, my God, what, what have I stumbled into? A young, you know, young evangelist. And when I came in, I, I, I met Brother Bass. All the things that those men stood for, he stood for. But he stood for it with a different attitude. In a different spirit. 
If we do have any guests here today, I, I want you to know that uh, we have a good spirit about what we're doing. We have a passion about what we believe, but we have a good spirit about what we're doing. We love people. We love souls. And so that was uh, a blessing in itself to me to to know that you can uh, that you can feel what Elder Bass feels. You see, it was delivered to him, and not only was it delivered to him, he got somebody sitting over here that makes sure he keeps it. <laughs> And so a lot of the things that maybe we weren't taught in Waukegan, the things that we didn't learn, uh, God has helped us with and it has been become a part of our foundation. And I appreciate that because, you know, God lets your path cross with people that's going to help you for the things that you need to do. Uh, iron does sharpen the iron. And uh, I, I want to preach a message today that if you're not hooked up with God, you probably won't like it, nor will you like me, but that's not really important. What's important is that we are prepared in this last day. In the 15th chapter of the book of Acts, I don't want you to go there, I want you to go to Deuteronomy. I'm going to preach from Deuteronomy, but I want you to think about something I'm going to say from the 15th chapter of Acts. But in the 23rd chapter of Deuteronomy is where I want you to go. In the 15th chapter of the book of Acts, problems begin to surface. Up until that time, everything was simple. Because everybody that had gotten the Holy Ghost before the 10th chapter of the book of Acts was a Jew. They all believed the same thing. Been taught the same thing from uh, the time that they were born. They all knew better than to eat pork. They all knew you needed to be circumcised. But then God messed things up as he has a way of doing. I told my church recently, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with divorce. God, Everybody sends me a divorce. I said, if God felt the way he says he feels or we think he feels on divorce, I said, why don't he just kill the one that messed up? I said, but not only does he not kill them, he saves them and brings them back and set them in my church. God's the one messing this thing up, I'm telling you. And so all of a sudden, in the 15th chapter, a problem arrives. The Jews say, circumcise them Gentiles. Gentiles say, we don't want to be circumcised. The Jews said, no more pork. They said, we like our pork chops. And then all of a sudden, they had to go down and meet the elders and say, let's talk about this thing. Let's find out what really counts. And they came to a conclusion to put on them necessary things. But you see, there was a problem that had arisen in the 15th chapter, Paul and Barnabas, because you see, Paul had been given the right to work with the Gentiles. So he stood against the men of Judea, and he said, look, he said, you can't put these on this on these folks. And he contended with them, but you see, contention is a spirit. And by the end of the chapter, Paul and Barnabas was contending with each other. 
I don't let my folk contend with the Jehovah's Witness. I don't let them contend with the Baptists, the Methodists. I don't let them contend with none of them. Because if they get to contending, it won't be long. They'll be in your office contending. Because it's a spirit. Oh, the Bible said that brethren would dwell together in unity. And unity is a spirit. So I'm going to go into this message, and I'll bring us back to the 15th chapter. And uh, I, I just hope you stay with me and... And don't let Morrison get in the way. Because what I have to say, I, I think, is, is important. I don't want to come to this conference and be motivated to do nothing. I've seen apostolics run in place for 15 years. Come to conference and get so motivated that they're going to do something and never do nothing. Amen. I've seen McDonald's drown out the best sermons. The best anointing, the best unction to do something. I, I don't want to be motivated to do nothing. I don't want to pray and change nothing. It's a travesty as much as we say we pray and don't see things happening. Prayers to be done in faith. And when we do things in faith, something is going to materialize. I don't want to touch God and have no ability to touch the lost. Because I don't believe you can touch God without touching the lost. I don't want to spend all of this time seeking God and fail to seek the lost. Oh, some of us, we, we, we act like God's lost. We're always seeking Him. He didn't tell us. He told us to seek the lost. We're always looking for Him. Oh, hallelujah. We need to seek the ones that are out there and, and that's lost. If we know the will of God, you know, I, I see some people all their life looking for the will of God. They think God plays hide and seek with his will. God says, okay, you go down there and pray and you lay down and you put your hand over your head and I'm going to hide my will and you go find it. And the next 20 years they spend looking for the will of God. <laughs> Amen. The will of God is that you be fruitful and multiply. That's the will of God, is that you win people to the kingdom of God. That's what the whole thing is about. Everything else is just to bring us to the place of winning souls to the kingdom. We're in a warfare, folks. I don't want to be dressed up, all dressed up with no place to go. Put on the whole armor and won't fight. Hallelujah. I, I get tired of some of these peacetime soldiers. All right. Amen. When it's peacetime, everybody's signing up. You don't have to have a draft. They're signing up because it's peacetime. And we feed them and we clothe them and we house them and let a war break off. They want to run up to Canada. Amen. All these peacetime Pentecostals. Amen. As long as we get in the fish and the loaves and the praise God is all right. And then God said, all right, I'm going to send you out to fight the enemy. And all of a sudden we want to run and hide. Don't you know we are born to fight? Amen. We were made to fight. When God made Adam. Amen. You know what he said? He didn't put Adam in a beautiful little garden. Amen. He put Adam into a desperate situation. People think it was a perfect situation. No, it was not. 
It had a tree in the midst of it that was poisonous and deadly unto him. It had a devil that had been there before he got there. Amen. And when God put him down on the earth, he said, I want you to subdue it. Subdue means to make war and overcome. When he made him, he said, you're going to be a fighter, man. And then he said, when you make war and overcome it, I want you to set your dominion over it. And I want you to keep it. God does not just give us victory. He expects us to retain it, to keep victory and keep things under control the way they need to be. Now, you know why we become such fighters? Because fight is in us. God put fight in us, but he put fight in us to fight the devil. Amen. And if you don't fight the devil, you're going to fight something, and you'll end up fighting one another. If you're not fighting devil's friend, you'll fight the next preacher. You'll fight saints. You'll fight something because you're born to fight. You're born to fight. You're born to subdue and take dominion. We got... A job to do. In the first verse of the 23rd chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, the Word of God said, He that is wounded in the stones, or hath his private member cut off, shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Period. He ain't got hope. A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. The reason David was so ecstatic. To go into, when they said uh, uh, unto David, we're going to the house of the Lord. is because for nine generations before him, nobody in his family had ever gone to the house of the Lord. Because David was the tenth from Pharez, and Pharez was the son of Judah that was born unto uh, Tamar, which was his, his daughter-in-law, and Pharez was a bastard son. And the next nine generations knew nothing about God. They lived in a God-forsaken place. God had never been down there. And all of a sudden, the man of God comes down and anoints David king. No wonder David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And as David was going to the house of the Lord, he got to the door and he said, Oh, just to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. And the prophet stood and said, No, David, you don't have to stop at the door. God's, God's put your sin away and you're coming on on further. And then he got to the gate and he said, Oh, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I'll just stay right here and give thanks to the Lord. And the Lord said, No, and the prophet said, No, you don't have to stay there. Let's go a little further. And he went on into the outer court and David stopped and and I will enter his courts with praise. Hallelujah. But David was able to go all the way into, into the grace of God. Because ten generations had passed. And by no good of his own, David's sin of his family had been put away. And this man could become a king. Oh, what a wonderful story. What a wonderful story. How a, a reconciliation 
David had nothing to do with the nine generations before him, but uh, and, and that he was not able to go into the house of the Lord. We need to understand something today, folks. Some folks don't have the opportunity that we have. Amen. My father was not like a, a, a Elder Bass who's preached this gospel all his life and just passed it down to his son. And, and then Elder Bass has passed it on to his son and his daughters and, and, and have that great heritage. We never had that. Amen. We never understood that. So some of the battles that you fight that's been handed down and passed down it was never put in us in the first place and we had to learn certain things and let me go on and don't 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 shut me off and judge me here but the bible said that was good but what about folks that didn't have an opportunity didn't have a lineage he said the man that had his private member cut off or a man that had been wounded in his stones what god was saying is i don't want anybody without the ability to reproduce around me i don't want any death around the life-giving tabernacle. If they cannot produce, I don't want them around. Sometimes we allow saints to sit around that can't do nothing but kill babies. Hey man, you get an old mule out in the in the in the pasture, an old mule try to kill everything that's around it. And maybe, just maybe, it's trying to kill everything because it can't produce. Hey man, sometimes we need to realize God wants us to be fruitful and multiple. You need to tell your saints uh, along with uh, the doctrines that we preach to them, uh, whether it be TV, makeup, and jewelry, you need to tell them they can't open heaven's gates uh, without witnessing to a soul. Uh, To whom much is given, uh, much is required. Uh, If you hold this to yourself, uh, you are a murderer. When we uh, at my church, there's a lady that teaches CPR. And when she began to teach CPR, she said, some of y'all want to bail out of this class right now. She said, because you're taking on life-giving techniques. She said, and when you take on life-giving techniques, you don't have the opportunity to choose whose life you're going to save. She said, if you're in a restaurant and somebody falls down and foaming at the mouth, it doesn't matter if they're black. It doesn't matter if they're if they're homosexual, if they're dying, and you have life-giving technique, it's your responsibility to fall down and put your mouth on their mouth and breathe the breath of life into them. Friend, the only gospel I know that saves souls is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have received this life-giving technique and you refuse to give it to any dying soul, when you stand before God, you'll be a murderer because you held back life-giving techniques. Be seated. I'm not going to get into theatrics today. This is too serious to get into theatrics. We need to realize at one time the Jews thought it was only for them. Amen. Peter preached the message, didn't even believe it himself. Amen. The Bible said when they received the Holy Ghost, they were astonished. And then they said, my God, we got to baptize these folk too because God gave them the Holy Ghost. Just like we. Amen. I'm telling you something. 
We need to realize God's going to do a work bigger than us in this last day. He's going to get beyond our little scope and our little thoughts because there's folks out there that need God. Everybody's not privileged. Everybody wasn't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Everybody wasn't raised up as an Israelite. When you lay them down, the Lord thy God is one God. Amen. I'm looking at this brother right here. He was born to believe there were three gods. Amen. But the grace of God brought him in and let him know there's only one God. And his name is Jesus. But I'm here to tell you today, not everybody understands that. And not everybody knows that. And God is going to make a way to reach them also. So he said, let him not enter into the congregation of the righteous forever. He can't never come in. In the book of Acts, chapter number 8, there was a man from Ethiopia. Now he had two strikes against him. He was a black man. And he was a eunuch. And when he went to church, oh yeah, he come all the way down to Jerusalem to go to church. Oh, we think folk don't want to be saved. You know, they do want to be saved. We just, well, they got two strikes against them and we throwing them fastballs and no, they can't hit it. They come in church and man, here we go. Speaking in tongue, praising God. And they looking at us like, what's the matter with these folks? Oh man, we ranting and railing and, and doing everything that we can do. And they sitting there saying, ain't nothing here for me. And they climb in their chair and head on back home. We said, oh, they must not have wanted it in the first place. If they didn't want it, how come they missed the Super Bowl to come to your church? If they didn't want it, how come they came in and sat down to be abused to hear the word of the Lord? They wanted it, my friend. It's just that when this Ethiopian eunuch came to the house of the Lord, the law was read every single Sabbath. And when they began to read that law, they got down to Deuteronomy 23 and 1, and it said, Let not the eunuch, the man with the private member cut off, come into the congregation of the Lord. It stopped him cold. I'm going to tell you something, friend. We can always find scripture to keep folks out if we don't want them in. You can find any Bible scripture that you want to find. But God let us begin to hunt down the scriptures that let folk come in to the house of God and find God. Oh, I told you it ain't going to be popular. I told you it ain't going to be popular. Because when the light shines, it always blinds us. It always hurts us. We always want to rejoice on the things we're doing. But we don't ever want to face the things we're not doing. Amen. We always want to look at ourselves in the mirror and say we're doing just fine. But we don't want to look a little further and see that we do have a pimple on our face. We don't want to look a little further and see that there are spirits that can become a part of what we're doing that's just as bad or even worse as some things other folks are doing. Oh, if we're going to clean house, let's clean our own. Let's work with us first. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that this man got in his chariot and he headed on back down. Now, revival was happening. God, the Lord Jesus had told them, he said, I want you to start in Jerusalem. That's at home. City of peace. 
He said, I want you to go out to Judea. That was 20. 20 uh, uh, actually, uh, Jerusalem was in the province of Samaria. And then he said, I want, or, or it, it was in the province of, of Judea. And then he said, and then I want you to do something you ain't used to doing. I want you to go to Samaria. Samaria had mixed marriages. Jew and Gentile. It had mixed religion. Didn't matter what kind of religion. All of it was there. He said, I want you to go there. The last time that they had gone to Samaria, uh, John looked at Jesus and said, shall we call down fire out of heaven? Now, John was the disciple of love. He was the disciple of, of consolation. He was the most kind and gentle disciple there was. But when he got around them Samaritans with their mixed marriages, when he got around them Samaritans with their mixed gods, he said, call fire down out of heaven and, and consume them right now. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. We can't just love the folks that look like us. We just can't love the folks that think like us. We got to realize there's some folks in Samaria, and God said, you're going to have to go to them too. You're going to have to take this gospel to every creature. It doesn't matter who he is, where he is. And Jesus himself walked into Samaria, sat down on a well, and talked to a woman of ill repute. Talked to a woman that had a bad reputation. Oh, but I can hear him say, as he was criticized, he said, I did not come to call the righteous unto repentance. I came for those that are lost. Those that Deuteronomy 23 stops them. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my God, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Touch with me right now. Let's agree. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You better not go up to New York and have no prejudice in you. You go up to New York and have prejudice in you. They'll eat you up, chew you up, spit you out. Hey, man, what you got to realize is God brings down color lines. If you still got color lines, you still living in the flesh that Brother Howard was talking about. Because God said, I see things in the spirit. He said, I deal with no man after the flesh. Hey, man, because you see, if God begins to deal after the flesh, then he would also become prejudiced. But he said, I see no man after the flesh. I see every man as a soul. I see every man the same. He got in his chariot. Heading on back down. They don't want me down there. They don't act like they want me down there. And here's great revival. And he's told the church, he said, you go down to Samaria. And they're doing what the Lord told them. They're down in Samaria. Folk getting the Holy Ghost. they baptizing folks. But they were all Jews. The Lord takes the, the big time evangelist out of it. Pulls Philip out and says, you go down in the desert. Lord, what am I going down the desert for? Ain't nobody down there. We want to see some more folks talking in tongues. He said, you just go on down in the desert. He gets down there and the Bible said he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a, 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 an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for one purpose, and that was to worship. That's all it said. He was returning and sitting in his chariot. He read Isaiah the prophet. And we said, oh, they don't want to learn. Well, what's he reading for? He got a Bible in his hand, and he's reading and so the Lord began to speak. Sometimes we don't want to listen to what the Lord has to say. 
The Lord, the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to his chariot. Connect up. Go near and connect up. Join thyself. And the Bible said, and Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? He said, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what, what's going on in your life right here? You know, when the Lord told Philip to join himself to that, to that unit, you know, you can't win nobody at arm's length. If you don't love people and draw them to what you're trying to do, you're not going to win them. You know, the one thing that I love about Jesus Christ, He has love for us, and that love is unconditional. I can't do enough to get it. Amen. Hallelujah. I respond to it after I get it, but I can't do enough to get it. Amen. I can't march in the million man march and find the, find, find the uh, love of God there and say, okay, God, now I march. Now you got to give me the Holy Ghost. I can't say, Lord, I read. I've been studying your Bible and reading. All He's going to say, well, that just gave you weariness of the flesh. You can't do anything to deserve it. You don't deserve it more because you're white. I don't deserve it more because I'm black. The only folks deserve it at all are those that are lost. And them the only ones that can find it. And we need to realize that a lot of people that are lost in this world. Hallelujah. There are some folks that are reading and doing false doctrine. Not because they are hateful folks. They're doing it because they don't know no better. It's all they've ever learned. My friends, sometimes we got to get involved with the problem. Jesus said, join yourself. Get involved with the problem. Don't sit there and criticize it. When I met the board of the United Pentecostal Church, they asked me all of the popular questions. They asked me, would I preach against television? And, uh, and I told them yes. And they asked me, uh, uh, would I uh, uh, preach against facial hair? And I thought for a minute, I said, well, that means that I got to go back home and tell my women they got to shave. <laughs> we didn't have no men. So I started asking them hard questions. I said, uh, will you go help me get some men? Do you know that 65% of the households in the black community headed by a single uh, 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 black female? Do you understand that? Are you going to put some dollars into my community to help me to go to the jails and go to the crack house and get some men so we can teach them to shave? Friend, let me tell you something. If you're not going to get actively involved with the problem, don't sit around and criticize it. If you don't have an answer for it, you need to leave it alone. Amen. If you're not going to become a part of the, of the answer, you're already a part of the problem. you got to be a part of the solution, and you can't just dictate. you got to be a part of it. When you find that man in the crack house, when you find that woman in prostitution, and you love them and bring them to God, they don't care if you tell them they have to be skinned, my friend. But they need somebody that's going to love them where they are. They need somebody that's going to reach them where they are. And then we can work on them. Amen. I had a man tell me one time, black people ain't never going to live right. I thought, man, I won't see him in heaven. Come on now. 
I'm going to tell you something. God takes prejudice, and it goes on both sides. But if God takes a prejudice spirit to heaven, we're going to have a war up there. <laughs> because, see, when you get up there, you're going to get all power. Amen. He's going to give you all power. And if you up there and you prejudice and don't like nobody, you got all power, man, it'd just be a zapping up there. Zip, 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 zip. You talking about a war, there'd be a war. If you don't have the pure in heart, you ain't going nowhere. You might as well just cancel your reservation because you ain't got no place to go. You all dressed up, but you ain't got no place to go. Hallelujah. You got to realize this thing was born out of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, it didn't just somebody snap their finger and I came out like I am. See, some of y'all don't, you, you, you never been drugged from nothing, so you don't understand nothing. You were raised to dress right. Some of you have never tasted alcohol. Some of you have never smoked a cigarette. Some of you have never worn anything but godly clothing. Some of you have had never uh, 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 had premarital sex. Some of you have never been in the situation that, that sinners are in because you've been born in the safety of the church. And you don't understand that there's others that God has to bring. There's others that he has to reach. And, and, and he can't reach them like he reached you because you know it from the very beginning, from the time you were a child. But there were some he had to knock off of their horse. There were some he had to isolate for three years because when he went in, the disciples wouldn't even receive him. And he had to talk with him for three years to fix him up just to get Paul ready for the disciples to receive him. God help us. We sometimes can get so clickish that nobody can get in. And the Bible said, he said, join yourself. And Philip asked him, he said, do you understand what you read? He said, how can I except some man should guide me? He didn't say kick me out of the driver's seat. He didn't say beat me. He said, just guide me. He said, here's the reins. I'm sitting right here. And I've got a hold of the reins. All you got to do is just show me which way to go. Just say turn right or turn left. He said, and I'll go willingly. Friend, you got to realize something. Hey, man, when people come to God, they're looking for instruction in righteousness. They're looking for somebody that loves them and say, hey, have you considered this? Or have you considered that? Not somebody that say either you do it or you go to hell. Because you know something? Sometimes they don't have the ability to do it. They don't know how to do it. And they need somebody to take them by the hand and just guide them. Friend, you to teach. It takes a while. But he's trying. He's reading. And then uh, Philip, the Bible said that. And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The desire of the hopeless, the desire of the hopeless is that just one child of God would take the time to sit with them. Oh, but when you sit with them, you get criticized. You're a friend of publicans and sinners. Some of us deny the works of Jesus and hold to the works of the Pharisees. 
I wonder how can you save folks long distance. If you could save folks long distance, God would never have to wrap himself in flesh and come down here. He'd never have to bear the pain and the shame. He would just look down from heaven and say, all right, come on. Here I am. Come on up here. But he knew we had no ability to come to him, so he came to us. He knew we had no ability to be righteous. He said, I looked all the way through the earth for one man that could do it and no man could do it. He said, so I came down with my own arm and brought salvation because you were crippled and could not do it for yourself. And then we look back at the other cripples and say, get it for yourself. I'm telling you, friend, if we had been left in that condition, none of us would be saved today. And then he turned to the disciples and said, freely you have received. Freely give. You got to give this to everybody. Everybody that would ask. The Bible The Bible said the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, oh, sometimes we don't want to be humiliated. Sometimes we don't even want folk that we don't like to talk about us. Amen. I've seen preachers get around other preachers. I can't stand him. But you don't want to talk about you. He come to your church, you beat up folk. I was in uh, Illinois, and there was a man that had just just gotten saved. They were they were having a fellowship meeting, and this man had just gotten just gotten the Holy Ghost, and he got the Holy Ghost on a Friday, and the fellowship meeting was that Saturday, and uh, he had his hair in a and a rubber band, a, a ponytail, and he had a beard on. And the preacher put him out parking cars because he didn't want his preacher friends to know he was a part of that church. Friend, I'm going to put him on the front seat. Amen. I'm going to put him on the front seat. I'm going to let them know they're the most important thing in that town because God feels they're the most important thing in that town. I ain't worried about the rubber band tied around the hair. I know it'll come off. Amen. If it came off of me, it'll come off of them. Amen. Sometimes we get involved with subjects, man. Amen. I've seen my wife. And sometimes we were so glad to go back to the black community and start preaching to black folk. Amen. Because I've seen my wife and people would, would, would accuse her of cutting her hair. They say she cuts her hair. And she went and bought some hair. Bought a ponytail. Put it on. Slick her hair back to make it look like she got hair. My God, do we have to be hypocrites to serve the Lord? Amen. If black folk hair don't grow, you can't accuse them of things that they're not doing because you don't understand. My God. You see, the question in our community is not whether to cut your hair or not. It's how to get some. Amen. You better understand that when the Gentiles and the Jews were put in there together, you had to understand what was really important. Was it that person and their hairdo or was it their soul? Before you criticize, join yourself. Before you criticize black folk, go to their church. See what they're doing. 
Amen. You might understand some things. You might learn some things. Amen. Hallelujah. I told I said, hey, I know we preach that the hair is the glory, and I know we preach all that. I said, well, God is a prejudiced God because he gives white folks more of it than black folks. Amen. There's some things you got to understand. If you're going to be a soul winner, you can't say, hey, it's going to be like me or nothing. You got to realize that everybody ain't got what you got. Everybody don't have the opportunities, but yet God said you got to reach them. Oh, it would be simple if he just killed them Gentiles and never save a one and only reach the Jews. But it was by the divine plan of God that the Gentiles would be saved. And just like the rest, we need to realize when God puts the Holy Ghost in them, now we got to deal with it. The first murder in the Bible was brother to brother. And when I get baptized in Jesus' name, and he fills me with the Holy Ghost, I'm your brother. Whether you like it or not, I'm your brother. If you write me off and kill me, you go in the same place Cain went. Amen. Amen. You got to deal with me. You may not like me, but you got to deal with me. Amen. Because God, and you know, those other Jews, they said, they looked around, they was astonished. And they looked at Peter. You know, Peter was the ringleader. Amen. They looked at Peter and said, what are we going to do with this? He said, well, we're going to baptize him. That's what we're going to do. He said, God gave him the Holy Ghost. And God done already showed me what I called unclean three times. He said, he let it down and I didn't respond. He let it down and I didn't respond. He said, the third time he let it down, he began to take it back up to heaven. And I began to realize everything that I called unclean was going to heaven and I wasn't going nowhere. And I got up and decided I got to go do something for God. Amen. Friend, I'm going to tell you, the Bible said the, the publicans and the sinners will go into heaven before some of us. We better realize this gospel is to every creature. It's to every creature. And they're not going to change until they've been born again. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't expect to get invited to some of y'all's churches. But I'm not an evangelist. Right now, I'm being a prophet. Prophets wasn't like. Some of them got skint. I might walk out of here white as some of y'all. Some of y'all won't skin me in the natural, but you got me skint in the in the spirit. The Bible said he was humiliated. You know, in order to save souls, sometimes you got to get humiliated. He was God. Had all the glory, but to come down and save us, he had to be humiliated. He had to be stripped naked. Everything that he was had to be taken away in order for him just to save you and I. My God, if he would go that far for us, how come we can't go that far for one another? Hallelujah. And the Bible said, who shall... Now listen, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Because he was so humiliated, he had no right to even judge in that humiliation. Because the Bible said, cursed be the man that hangs on a tree. All of his judgment was taken away. All of his power was taken away when he hung up on that cross. Men, evil men, had taken advantage of him and he was stripped and had nothing left. But I want you to know something. The Bible said if you be buffeted, amen, for the kingdom of God's sake. He said this is acceptable with God. And I heard Jesus as he hung on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. And the words forgive them rang out. 
They never asked for it, but they had to ring out because he was going back to God. And now we knew God would not touch an unforgiving spirit regardless of why you had to forgive. He said, Father, forgive them. That final forgiveness was the cleansing because the Bible said you're forgiven as you forgive. And he hung up on the cross and he said, forgive them. And friend, I want you to know the power began to surge again. The earth, the sun was darkened. The earth shook. And when he went down, gave up the ghost and went down into hell, he came up with all power. All power. Some of us don't have power because we don't know how to forgive. We don't know how to love. And all of the gifts are operated by love. And if we don't have love, they will not operate. Some of the weakest days of my ministry was spent in churches. Because folk come to church with minimal needs. But folk in the world are messed up. And where there's a great need, there's a great power. Where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. My God, if you want to see a move of God, get involved. And the Bible said, and the eunuch answered, Philip, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Uh, let me tell you something, friend. When you preach anything but Jesus, you messing up. He said, is the man talking about himself or some other man? And you know what? Any man that will talk about himself is a fool. You're not going to win souls talking about other folks. Talk about yourself. you got to talk about Jesus. Amen. When they came looking, they said, we must see Jesus. They didn't want to see everybody else. they got to see Jesus. First things first, church, we're not discounting that people need to live righteous. We're not discounting people need to live holy. But I'm telling you something. If they don't fall in love with your God, they're never going to do your standard. If they don't get the love of God in them, you can preach, 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 and it's not going to happen. And you know what I'm talking about. It's true. Because there's some sitting on your pew today If you get up and announce the abolition of uh, We don't care if you cut hair There's a be cut tomorrow Because they're not doing it Because it's in their heart They're doing it because you're talking about it Oh, but when you begin to preach Jesus Convictions begin to come Because people begin to say I was looking like this When I met Jesus When I got a move of God I had this in my life When God gave me this miracle it's almost like the old football players Some of them say I've been successful wearing three pairs of socks Every game I wear three pairs of socks Some of them will say I eat the same pregame meal Some of them will say I never deviate from what's made me successful When the people of God become successful They will not deviate from what made them successful But in order for them to be successful We must preach Jesus. This man had never even heard of Jesus. My God. There are folks that only believe that Jesus is a third person in the Godhead. There are other folks that don't, that believe Jesus was just a prophet. And we don't realize, my friend, that they need to know who Jesus is. Oh, I like this. And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture. He went to where he was. He went to where he was. He said, well, you've read this far. Now let me lead you on a little bit further. Let's go to that. That's in Isaiah 53. We're going to come back to, to this. I'm going to close with this part of it. But in Isaiah 53 is where Philip took him. 
Hallelujah. Oh, I'm, I'm still feeling the Holy Ghost. If I was an evangelist, this quiet time would bother me, but this don't bother me. Hallelujah. Quiet time give folks a chance to think. You, he started out in Isaiah 53 where he was wounded for our transgressions. Everything that Jesus did and everything he suffered, he did it and suffered it for us. But it didn't stop there. He was numbered with the transgressors. Oh God, we hate that. Amen. Don't let nobody call us liberal. No way. We, uh, I mean, we, we'd rather be dead than that. But I see that's what the that's what the Pharisees said about Jesus. Oh, he's liberal. Yeah, he he got them uh, he got them tax collector friends. Oh yeah, he got them friends that uh, 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 he stands at wells with women that that that's that's shacking up and living wrong. Oh yeah, oh you gonna if you gonna get this and do a good job at it, you gonna get talked about. And you know what's funny about it? The folk that talk about you don't understand you or like you. Mm. I feel like running a mile about right now. Honey, we might not wait on that plane. I might just run on back to Illinois. Oh, hallelujah. He went on to 50, Isaiah 54. You see, nothing can happen until Jesus. He began with Jesus. You can't start nothing till you begin with Jesus. Till you hear them speak in tongues and magnifying God and receive Jesus Christ, you might as well just not even bring up nothing else. All right. Because they can't do it. So he had to start with Jesus. Got to tell him about Jesus. And then when he got down there, he went to Isaiah 54 and he said, Sing, O barren. Oh, hallelujah. Until Jesus come, you ain't got a prayer of building a church. Until Jesus come, you ain't never going to win no souls. Until Jesus come, nothing is ever going to happen. And you're going to be in bad shape. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that this not travail with child. Because you have not been fruitful, now Jesus is on the scene. So just keep waiting on him. And then he went to Isaiah 55. Ho, oh, everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. He said, now Jesus here and the people of God are happy and they're singing. Now all of you that don't have anything, come on in and how. Now all of you that, that you, you thought that you couldn't afford this, come on in how. Come on. We're going to have ourselves a feast because Jesus is here. And then he went on to Isaiah 56. Oh, but Deuteronomy 23 was still in place. He's talking to the barren. Amen. Because you see their womb could still be open up. He's talking to those that don't have anything, don't have no money, don't have no inheritance, but he still haven't said anything that helps the man from Ethiopia. He still haven't given anything to the eunuch man. But the Bible said in verse number 3 of chapter 56, neither let the son of the stranger that has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying the Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Oh my God, all of a sudden, 
God begins to speak to the eunuch. Ever since Deuteronomy, there was no word for the eunuch. Ever since Deuteronomy, there was no opportunity for him to ever hear from God. But he began to speak because Isaiah was a prophet and he saw on down the road. He wasn't dealing with right now, but he was saying, keep on having hope, you hopeless one. Keep on believing, you one that have no opportunity. Because one day, the King of Kings is going to speak to you. One day, he's going to have a word for you. Neither let the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree. He was a man that had no opportunity. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuch that keep my Sabbath and chose to the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place. I'm telling you, you can shut the doors if you want to, but God said in the true house of God, there's going to be a place for everybody. Even those that have no hope, I'm going to build a place for them. I'm going to do it. I'm not looking for the preacher to do it. I'm not looking for the evangelist to do it. God said, I came for even the worst. And if I can save the worst of them, I can save anybody. He said, I'll give him within my house, not in the outer gates, not in the outer court, not across town, not in the other church. I asked the folks from the United Pentecostal Church, I said, let's settle something right now. I met the board. Man, they reluctantly gave me a license. Because they never had nobody ask them hard questions. I said, you say that if folk wear a mustache, they're going to hell. I said, I'm not arguing with you. You say if they wear jewelry, they're going to hell. If they wear makeup, they're going to hell. I said, and the PAW do all of that. Then you say, well, the PAW is reaching the black folks. But they ain't even saved, according to you. And if they're not saved, then how are they saving the black folks? So if the black folks are unsaved, guess who got to go to them? You are commissioned to go to every unsaved creature. Friend, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You got to face some things. You got to get over on the other side of town and say, look, we got to do something about this. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you going to meet this in heaven because you don't want to meet it now. Come on. He said, I will say unto him, he said, I will give unto him a name better than of sons and daughters. Let me tell you what, God knows how to get to the real problem. The problem the eunuch had was this, there will be no more remembrance of him because he had no ability to reproduce. He could not make a son. He could not make a daughter. When he died, his remembrance was gone. Nobody would remember him and this troubled him all of his life. Because you see, if you could not raise up a seed and raise up an inheritance, you were nobody. You were even worse than the cattle because even the cattle could reproduce. But let me tell you something, friend. The Lord began to speak in a language that he could understand. He said, I'm going to give you a name that's better than sons. I'm going to give you a name that's better than daughters. I'm going to give you a name that knows how to reproduce. I'm going to give you a name that engrafts you in. And listen to what he said in the terminology of it. He said, and this name shall never be called.
cut off. He said they cut you off before, but they're not going to cut you off again. I'm telling you something, friend. We got to realize this gospel is the answer to every problem and everybody's problem. And if we put this gospel on it, it'll change things. Oh, it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. He said, I'm going to give you an everlasting name that will never, ever be cut off because you came in and you joined yourself to the ways of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go back to Acts 8 as we wind this up. Amen. There is hope for the eunuch. There is hope for those that you don't like. There's hope for the hopeless. There's hope for everybody in the gospel. And if this gospel is not to the whole world, it's not to anybody. Amen. Hallelujah. It's for everybody. Amen. Don't brag to me how much money you send to the missionary if you ain't sending none to Samaria. Amen. Samaria is just right next door. That's why I told them, Brother Gibney, if they if they are, 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 are standing behind any missionary, amen, sometimes we say, well, I don't want to support this missionary and that missionary because I don't know them. They know you, Brother Gibney. Amen. And you're going into a missions field and you're going to reach people that they're never going to be able to reach. I expect more than a thousand hours of prayer from these folks. I expect them to give you some dollars. Amen. Because you're going into Samaria and they don't want to go there. Amen. If you don't go, at least support somebody that's going. Because the work still has to be done. It still has to be done, friend. you got to realize this thing is winding up and every soul needs to hear this gospel. All right. The Bible said in Philip, the eunuch began to speak. As they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What does hinder me? He said, you had Deuteronomy 23 before Jesus came. Oh, hallelujah. You know, there used to be a doctor who went around and said black folk didn't even have a soul. Jesus came and settled that. And if you still believe that, then you, you ain't met Jesus yet. All right. Mm. I'm messing up. I know it. And the Bible said that. He said, what does hinder me? He just, uh, God, Jesus just took Deuteronomy 23 and nailed it to his cross. Said, eunuch, forget about Deuteronomy 23. All you got to read now is, is, is Acts 2 and 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy been trampled on. Amen. Jesus said, I didn't come to, to destroy. I just came to fulfill it. The fulfilling of the law is Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is not the answer, there is no answer. He said, what does hinder me from being baptized? Amen. Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot, stand still. I don't want to go any further. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. To this day, Ethiopia is the only country that their national baptism is baptism in the name of Jesus. Oh, it's no coincidence that you're hearing of the mighty revival that's sweeping Ethiopia. 
Hallelujah. I'm telling you, before Cornelius felt this thing, Ethiopia felt it. Things have to go in full circle. And when you see revival sweep in Ethiopia, that tells you the Lord's soon to come. Hallelujah. My God. God's having revival. Hey man, where revival needs to be. And some of y'all wonder why you ain't having revival. You in the wrong place. He was, and I'm going to close it up on this. I know, I know I've been long. Longer than I normally am. He was the Jews. People getting the Holy Ghost. Thank God for it. But all of a sudden, one man had a devil. Simon. Wanting to buy the Holy Ghost. Causing problems. Fussing with church folk, with the, with the ministry. They're getting ready to kill him. Some preachers are in the killing business because some folk won't do right. They're challenging them. God's going to strike you down. God's going to kill you. And the only reason they were doing it, the man was a Jew. He was a devil, but he was a Jew. He was a Jew devil. We can tolerate Jew devils. We can tolerate devils just like us. But we can't even stand Christians that's not like us. 20 miles away in Samaria. Oh, I know why I got him up here. He's Cornelius. And I'm the man of Ethiopia. All right. away, still in Samaria, the Bible said there was a man that was devout. Stand up, Cornelius. He was a righteous man. He prayed always, God, give me a few of them around my place. He gave alms, paid his tithe. Give me some of them. I don't care if they're Italian or what. And feared God with his whole house. Uh, my Lord, we got too many folk don't fear God. You don't have to preach a lot of things when folk fear God. When the, when the Spirit of God fell and killed Ananias and Sapphira, I'm telling you something, friend. The Bible said fear came over everybody that was in there. You didn't have to see nobody else get killed because fear came. And the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And if you don't fear God, friend, you'll do anything. And the 20 miles away, there was a good Italian man that wanted God. Amen. But they would rather fight with a demon, rather fight with a disobedient man, because he was of the same nationality, than to go 20 miles away and to give the truth to an Italian. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. That's a bad spirit. That's a bad spirit. When you'd rather fight over the same backslider for 20 years, than to step away and walk across town. And reach out to a fresh soul. That's a bad spirit. That's a bad spirit. You have already done a disservice to the kingdom of God. Because he said, shake the dust off your feet and travel on. Amen. Sometimes we spend all of our ministry fighting with the same devils when God is saying, I've got somebody that's already reserved. And all you got to do is go to them. Stand up with me today. My God, we want to deal with everything because we're separatists. Thank God we are separated from the world. I believe in the doctrine of separation. 
but God knows we've taken it too far. They don't comb their hair like us. I'm going to tell you something, friend. I start seeking out some black fellowship. You know why I start seeking out some black fellowship? As many conservative black men as I could. Because I came to a conclusion. I ain't never going to look like y'all. And y'all don't like to accept folks that don't look like you. 